0: Hello everyone, my name is Leah Cox, and today I'm going to be doing a podcast about a topic that not a lot of people talk about, but it's becoming more and more known as our society is becoming more and more, how I dare say, controversial. The topic I'll be talking about today is the school-to-prison pipeline. And the school-to-prison pipeline, in my own definition, is basically a maneuver created throughout our educational system to, that has personally saw to it, where students in school have received unfair punishments due to minor things they've done in schools and zero-tolerance policies that have led to them ending up in our prison systems by the time they got out of high school. A study has shown that Latino men and black men are four times more likely to go to prison due to the fact that they received unfair or or harassment in school for these minor things. So according to an article by The Advocate, when it comes to the school-to-prison pipeline, there are a lot of myths that surround it. Because of this, they wrote this article to discuss everything that you need to know about the school-to-prison pipeline phenomenon that will help you in your efforts to close the pipeline for good. So the first thing you need to know about the school-to-prison pipeline is that zero-tolerance policies do not work. The term zero tolerance may sound like the best way to handle all offenses in public schools, but it really does a disservice to students. Not every infraction is a black and white issue, and not every misstep by a student is a result of direct defiance. Often, students with legitimate learning disabilities or social impairment are labeled as, quote-unquote, disruptions and removed from classroom settings under the guise of preserving the learning experience for others. Better students, quote-unquote, are I suppose there is an argument to be made for protecting straight and narrow students from the sins of others, but at what cost? Another thing you need to know about the pipeline is the numbers represent a modern day segregation. An estimated 40% of all students are expelled from U.S. schools are black, making black students over three times more likely to face suspension than their white peers. When you add in Latino numbers, 70% of all in-school arrests are black or Latino students. If you want to see the correlation between these school-age statistics and lifetime numbers, consider this. 61% of the incarcerated population are Black or Latino. Despite the fact that these groups only represent 30% of the U.S. population, nearly 68% of all men in federal prisons never earned a high school diploma. The fact that the U.S. has the highest. Another thing you all need to know, school resources often Exaggerate the problems. Uh, forgive me, I mean, exacerbate the problem. High school profile instances of school violence in recent years have led to higher presence of law enforcement officers in public schools, often politely labeled as resource officers or a simply vague term. Most of the time they're called SSRs or school So continue on. Of course, the presence of guns and other immediate danger items in schools are cause for arrest or at least temporary removal of the student. But the American Civil Liberties Union reports that children as young as 5 throwing tantrums have been removed in handcuffs by these officers. Rather than addressing the heart of the individual problem, it is easier for public schools to weed out troublesome students under the umbrella of protecting the greater good. Convenience triumphed over finding actual solutions. Another thing you need to know about the pipeline, the school to prison pipeline costs a lot of money. People who fall outside this fringe group of perceived mismatches may wonder why the school to prison pipeline should matter to them. Outside of caring about the quality of life for other individuals, it matters in more tangible ways. Each federal prison prisoner costs taxpayers $28,284 per year. Which is about seventy-seven dollars per day. That's a measurable cost. What isn't measurable? What isn't measurable is the indirect impact those incarcerations have on the economy in terms of those prisoners not contributing to the workforce. Another thing you should know: children often model what they see. In cases when they grow up watching criminal behavior, the odds are stacked against them when it comes to breaking out of the family mold. While parents have an extreme influence over children so does the k-12 through education experience more and more educators are getting behind the idea that removal from classroom settings because of disciplinary issues is an antiquated practice and one that does more harm than good to students another thing you all should know and our last thing you all should know about the school to prison pipeline is the school to prison pipeline has a long way to go to resemble any sort of improvement It is estimated that Black K-12 students are three times more likely to face suspension from school than their white peers. When that fact is linked to the statistics listed above, it becomes clear that removal as a form of quote-unquote teaching a lesson does not actually educate anyone. Only in homes where parents hold their children accountable can a suspension actually make a positive difference. Hello, today I have here with me Gabrielle Crump. She's a sophomore at the J. Graham Brown School, and I'm just going to be asking her some questions on her take about my topic, which is the school-to-prison pipeline. Hello, Gabby. Hi. So, my first question for you is what do you um, think about the school-to-prison pipeline? I think it's very um, kind of
1: harsh, because one, I feel that being an african american female that our race is the main reason of the prison school pipeline and it's not even be- like it's not even because of like lack of education it's more so because of behavior they tend to think that just because we act a certain way or live in a different like not in the same neighborhood a uh, urban area not suburban that we act ghetto and use our attention to, like, make a point, which is also very true, but, like, the point is so that you can understand that we are here to learn, that we don't mean to, like, fight with other people. We're here to get an education, and we need help.
0: Okay, that's a really good answer. And I love that you brought up the fact that, you know, they see us as a stereotype when really all we want to do is just go to school, get an education just like them. And it tend, And because of the pipeline, we've been seen as the main problems, which is because of behavioral things normally focuses on our education because we are provided with teachers who are inadequately teaching us things that we will never use. They're giving us the information that won't be useful to us in the future. And so with bringing up the behavior, that's the main reason why so many African-Americans, more specifically African-American males, end up in the prison system because of the fact that we get in trouble for some of the things that make no sense, like having our phone in class and that gets us weak suspension yep. or just talking back to a, to a student or a teacher and that ends up getting us an expulsion. Yep. So really good answer. Um, my next question for you would be, how do you feel like the school-to-prison pipeline has affected your school or just any school in your area that you know of?
1: Um, well, it hasn't really affected my school as much as other schools. I feel that we have a somewhat safe environment. Like, there are times where um, there are certain teachers that like to push our buttons. And more so, I would like to say that in other schools i think it's worse because a lot time a lot of times our culture you see on social media are like mainly are the main ones participating in like fights or something so that also plays into the school and education
0: so i i think that that's all i have to say so far okay no and that's really good uh If you all didn't know, me and Gabby go to the same school and my answer would be exactly like hers. We don't really see a lot of activity that would contribute to the pipeline in our school because it's pretty much a safe environment. There's not a lot of times where students are punished for more minor things. We pretty much are safe, but no, not everyone goes to our school. A lot of schools have zero tolerance policies that are absolutely ridiculous and to the point where. Kids are getting kicked out of school for things like how they wear their hair or just the fact that they're out of dress code one day of the week. Suddenly they have three weeks detention and that's in a lot of schools in our area. And there was a story like two years ago about Butler Traditional High School, which is also in Louisville, Kentucky, where they had students who were being expelled because of the way they wear their hair, because they had a zero tolerance policy on hairstyles. And that was fought for. Uh, by Representative Attica Scott, who is the only African-American woman serving in the Kentucky Congress, and she fought that appeal. So there are many people out there fighting for us, but it's really only us who are fighting for us because who else is going to fight for us, you know?
1: Yeah, there's, like, a limited amount of representatives or, like, people in general to fight for us. We have, we all have to kind of, like, stay in our own, like, circle, and uh, that's also really bad, too. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, my last question for you today would just be, what is one thing you feel like you could take that would challenge the pipeline, or just one issue in it that you feel like you could solve yourself, or just an idea you think that could solve it?
1: Um, I think that there should be a meeting with the school board to help those, like, that people say that would be in the prison-to-school pipeline. I feel that we should um, take time to actually understand kids and not just judge based on appearance or the way our, our culture is supposed to be.